Welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast. We're here to grow in faith, connect in community, and serve the world. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy. If you could just join me in a moment of prayer. Loving God, meet us in this moment. As we gather to hear your word in the knowledge of Christ Jesus our Lord, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, let our hearts and ears be open to receive it this day. Amen. My son Eli, when he was three years old, we signed him up for kitty kicker soccer. His dad also signed himself up to be the coach. Eli was so excited to get his new ball and his team t-shirt and his soccer shoes because this was his first time on a team and playing the sport. So he was ready to go. So when he walked on the field that day for his first game with soccer ball in hand, he thought that he had hold on to the ball for the whole entire game. And so there he was, so small and cute, running up and down the field with soccer ball in hand as all the kids chased after him trying to get it. And as we yelled his name and we shouted, put the ball down, put the ball down, he just looked back at us and smiled and kept running. I don't know if he thought, hey, this is my ball, or hey, my dad's the coach. Most likely, he was just too small to understand the importance of a team. Whatever the reason that day, my little Eli was a one-person team. In today's gospel, we meet Jesus at a place of pause and reflection. He had been in all the cities and villages, teaching in the synagogues, and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. He cured every disease and every sickness. Not some, but all and every, is what the gospel writer tells us. All the cities and villages, every disease, every sickness. He taught in their synagogues, and he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom. When I think of all the weight that he carried and the number of times that he must have repeated himself over and over again, the unending crowds that kept growing and growing, everyone needing something from him, everyone wanting to be near him, I would think that it must have been exhausting for him. I know that in my human flesh, I would have definitely been exhausted. But in verse 36, we're told that when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He did not look at them and say, help yourself or save yourself. No, he did not say any of those things. Instead, he had compassion for them. Not pity, but true compassion. The kind of compassion that comes from deep inside your gut. Something that causes you to stop and notice. The King James translation reads like this. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. It says he was moved. It was something 
that caused him to stop and notice. Throughout chapter 9, we learn that Jesus was out doing his work, healing a paralytic, restoring a young girl back to life, healing the blind men, casting out demons so that a mute man could speak again, healing a woman who suffered 12 years with hemorrhages, while constantly answering questions from those that doubted him. He was busy doing his work. But then he saw the crowds. He saw them. And he was moved with compassion. And in that compassion, at that moment, he knew that more work needed to be done. Why? Because he felt their suffering. He saw their desperation. He heard the harassment. He knew that more work had to be done. Their pain was deep. They were tired and helpless. They had been misguided by their leaders. Sheep without a shepherd is how it's written. He knew more work had to be done. So he told his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest for more laborers. As they prayed, Jesus formed his team. Now please, don't misunderstand me. Jesus was not my three-year-old Eli. He could have kept going and doing the work as a one-man team, but he knew that was not God's plan. God's plan is for the creation to be part of the mission work. We have always been part of God's story. No matter what anyone has ever said to you or may say to you in the future, please know that you are part of God's story. We are told that he summons the 12, gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to cure every sickness and every disease. He sent them, but he also equipped them. And that is the wonderful thing that I love about our Lord. For when we are sent, we are also equipped. He will equip us to do the work. Then Jesus made it personal, and they were called by name. Peter, Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, James, Thaddeus, Simon, and yes, even Judas. He made their names known, for they were the chosen ones, sent at that time for that particular work. So who is God calling on today? Is it you? Is it me? To that, saints, I would say yes and yes. We are all called to do the work in one way or another. This past week, our youth gave us a beautiful example as they, of what it means to be a laborer of the harvest. 
They were sent out to Baltimore to serve. They were the eyes, hands, and feet of Jesus. They packed meals, served food, restored gardens, and were a constant life-giving presence to all that they met. They were the example of what it looks like to live in love like Jesus. And this upcoming week, we have our annual vacation Bible school. Children from preschool through grade six will be here in this place, learning about God, having fun, and creating a community of future kingdom builders. They will be taught by people who have said yes to being a laborer for the harvest. Church, we are so blessed to be in a community where people have said yes to being a laborer. But the harvest is plentiful and more laborers are needed. We hear often that churches are facing a real crisis as the number of pastors and deacons looking toward retirement it does not equal the number of people entering seminary. So church bodies and seminaries are being creative in their approach as they explore opportunities for lay leadership and distance learning programs. I, for one, am thankful that Luther Seminary has a distance learning program, for it allowed me to say yes to the call. At a time in my life when I may be thinking of retirement, God is sending me out to work in the harvest. So I am here to proclaim to you today that it is never too late to say yes. God can use all of us, regardless of our age, our gender, our race, identity, or life experience. God can use all of us. The 12 that Jesus sent out were regular people, just like us. Fishermen, laborers, a tax collector, and even a betrayer. God can and will use all of us. What made the 12 unique is that when Jesus called them, they came, and when he sent them, they went. Go to your own is what he instructs them to do, to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and give to them freely what has been given to you, and proclaim the good news that the kingdom of heaven has come near. That is what we are called to do today. Go, give, proclaim. Go to our families, friends, co-workers, neighbors, and to our communities and give to the harvest freely what has been given to us. Mercy, forgiveness, grace, love, and truth. Proclaiming the good news of Christ's sacrifice for all and proclaiming the good news that the kingdom of heaven has come near. And when you do that work, dear saints, you too.
will be the eyes, hands, and feet of Jesus. So, on this day, at this moment, what will your answer be? My prayer is that you will say yes. Amen.